You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Dancing Queen, that is me. Welcome in, Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon. Yet again, it is raining. What the? Oh, man. What is going on? We've got Harvey and Joe who are producing the show as always. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I, I mean, am I? Oh, jeez. Really? Sounds like a 70s game show, that music. I don't know what that's about. But uh, guys, don't you feel like every weekend, especially on a Saturday, it's raining? I feel like this is like the third or fourth weekend that I've been like, oh, it's raining out. Hopefully we're keeping you entertained since you're not out there playing pickleball. It feels like the Twilight Zone, no? Or Groundhog Day. Or Groundhog Day. Day. There you go. Which that hasn't happened yet, right? No. Groundhog Day, it's in February. Yeah. Oh, it is? It's that far out? Yes. What, are, you, are you laughing at me, Harvey? No, you're never. Laughing, you're laughing at me? No, never. How dare I? I would never. No. I, which, by the way, uh, I, I did read this the other day. This is the year of El Nino as opposed to El Nina. And so, therefore, we're not supposed to have a very cold winter. Not that I pretend to be a groundhog or anything, but I'm just sharing with you, this is the year of El Nino. Well, that should make up for all the rain that we've had over the past, what seems like, five months yeah so you know it's pretty interesting like you know again my work week is thursday through monday hence football season especially right now so um you know i I don't like my days off have been fantastic because it hasn't been raining during the week it rains on the weekends it's insane but i'm working so i don't care but I, i care for the people out there who want to go out there and do fun things because it's their day off. And now you're subject to staying home or, I don't know, listening to us on your ESPN app. And we're, here to provi- <laughs> and we're here to provide a great show for you. Uh, no pickleball for me this morning. It was a conversation we had prior to starting the show. Uh, wh- which one of you, was it hard? Joe, were you asking, like, is there a pickleball season? Weren't you asking me that? Yeah, I'm a pickleball novice. And, you know, golf has a season unless you're in a warm weather state like, you know, Florida or Arizona or California. So right. no one's, you know, picking up the sticks and going on the links now. Is there a indoor court pickleball set like scene? And Oh, there's several. There's how several. is that there's... different from outdoor pickleball? Like I'm completely in the dark on this. Yeah, I mean, Avi. Uh, so a few things. Let's listen. Uh, the pickleball people are so insane about pickleball. They will go out to a court. They will shovel snow, and they will play when it's ten degrees out. So uh, n- now that's not me, um, but I, from what I understand, you know, people do that. Uh, yes, there is a plethora of indoor courts. Center Court out there in Chatham is a place I go to twice a week. Um, there are indoor courts all over the place, uh, in East Rutherford at the Y, of course you have, uh, indoor courts in Montclair, you've got indoor courts all all over the place. So, uh, so there's that. And is this Um, just like converted basketball courts? Like they do for like volleyball where they just put the net up? No, 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 no. These are, these are, these are totally committed designed pickleball courts. So typically what has happened is the tennis establishments the indoor tennis establishments around um our community now have uh now have committed to making uh, space for pickleball courts uh and also like by the way lifetime from what i understand is building if i and i could be wrong here but last i read 12 pickleball courts that are going to be on top of msg it's going to be on top of the garden, life, lifetime, fitness, 12 pickleball courts that you'll be able to play, from what I understand, on top of the MSG. And that's coming if it's not already open. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, listen, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's insane. Um, and, and Joe, one of these days, I don't know, like maybe one of the days that you're off, you're welcome to come to Hoboken and I'm, I'm happy to take you out to our courts and play because Hoboken has a really, really vibrant, young, exciting, um, uh, pickleball community here. Really good players, really good people. 
So whenever you want to come to Hoboken and play, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to treat you. Just say Might the word, Might take dude. you up on that offer. Just I'll- say the word, dude. But, I, but I'm, I'm warning you, it's addictive. So, um, you know, th- there's worse things in life to be addicted to than pickleball. So there's that. Uh, but we've got a great show lined up for you. Steve Verderosa, very dear friend of mine. He's got a great book out right now. He was uh, part of the Giants scouting uh, front office for over 30 years. And I thought it'd be great to have him on the program because there's so much talk right now about this Giants team and what's going on with Daniel Jones and should they trade Saquon Barkley? That's obviously the hot topic right now. Um, Are they going to tank for one of these top quarterbacks? Steve's son actually is a coach with UNC. So uh, if, if you know anything about me, you know that I love, love, love Drake May. My favorite quarterback coming out this year even more so than Caleb Williams. So excited to get Steve on to talk about the Giants, his thoughts on he was part of the uh, the, the front office and the scouting department. Um, he was really, really big on Daniel Jones. I believe he still is. So uh, really curious uh, to talk to him about Daniel Jones, his thoughts on the season, uh, the direction that the Giants are going in right now. Why are they struggling? Can they find their way out of this? If they do right now, By the way, let me call this up. Uh, I came across a a real good article this week. Get this. (laughs) This is crazy. Do you know that if the season ended today, the Chicago Bears would have the number one and number two pick? Did you guys know that? Is that because of the Carolina trade with them last year? Yep. Did they take a quarterback in that situation? Carolina 0-6, the Chicago Bears 1-5. So they would have the number one and number two overall pick in this year's NFL draft if the season was to end today. How insane is that? You would have to uh, think they move on from one of those picks, right, and get another haul? Well, I think what they would do is they would trade Justin Fields. And I would imagine that there's a team out there that would be like, oh, man, I, I, I need to get my hands on him. If I get my hands on him, oh, boy. I could really make him into something special. I'm sure that there's a coach, general manager out there that feels that way about Justin Fields. I don't, but I'm sure that there's a somebody out there who does who's going to be willing to give up some draft picks for him. So if I'm the Chicago Bears, I draft Drake May and I draft a stud offensive lineman. That's what I do. Um, I trade Justin Fields. Hopefully I get a, a, a late first round, definitely a second round for Justin Fields and, um, and stop, start stockpiling my draft picks. Uh, the Denver Broncos would draft third, the Arizona Cardinals fourth, and the Giants would draft fifth if the season was to end today. Just FYI. Uh, rounding out the top 10, the Patriots, the Vikings, the Tennessee Titans, the Green Bay Packers, and the Chargers, believe it or not, who are sitting there at two and three. Unbelievable. So much talent on that Chargers team. It's just, oh, get rid of the head coach, for God's sake. Anyway, Steve Verderos is going to be joining us at 12.30 this afternoon. Really excited to get him on. Mama Mimi, who's become a staple with us every Saturday because she's just such a hoot. Uh, she's going to be joining us. She's got her picks and her plays heading into week seven. That's right. We are week seven of the NFL season. Cynthia Freeland is always on Saturday joining us at 1.30. Joe Wiz, he's got his own gambling shows here on 98.70 ESP, and he's going to be joining us at 2. And Bob Wischusen was kind enough to join me on our gambling show last night. So as we know, the Jets are on a bye. So um, Marty Lyons is on vacation. He's like, I don't know, hiking with his wife somewhere in Mexico or something like that. Uh, Rich Samini is on vacation. And Bob Wischusen, actually, uh, ESPN um, sent him out to Oregon. He's going to be calling the Oregon game later on today, but was kind enough to jump on board with me uh, from his hotel room out west. So uh, I'm going to replay that interview for you uh, a little bit later on in the 2 o'clock hour, just uh, really getting his assessment in regard to this Jets team sitting at 3-3 and and what we can expect from them moving forward. 
So jam-packed show, a lot of guests. Phone lines are open, 800-919-3776, the phone number. That's how you get on board. Before we take a break, I'm always here to help the people win some money. We've got a big one about to kick off on Fox in just a few minutes, and that's Penn State going up against Ohio State. And, uh, and, and I like Penn State getting the points here. Penn State plus four. Why? They're six and one against the spread uh, against the Buckeyes since 2016. The reason I like them, I love their defense. This very well can be the best team in the James Franklin era. Their defense has only given up 200 yards of total offense per game, which is one of the best in college football. Uh, Ohio State, Kyle McCord is their quarterback. He is not good under pressure. And that's right. You guessed it. Penn State defense leads the country in both pass rush win rate at 60% and pressure rate at 50.2%. So they are going to get to McCourt. So I don't expect him to have a good game. Also, Ohio State dealing with some injuries. Their top corners, two of their top corners are out. Also, one of their wide receivers is out. Uh, therefore, a lot is going to be put on, uh, on Jones Jr., also, last but not least, Ohio State offensively ranked 54th in the country in red zone scoring. The Nittany Lions, a lot better, 18th in the country. Okay, also, uh, the Penn State quarterback from Ohio wanted nothing other than to be recruited by Ohio State, and they passed up on him. And now he's the starting quarterback for Penn State. Don't you think for... Uh, this game, he's going to be playing with added motivation, a chip on his shoulder. All he, he grew up. All he wanted to do was be a Buckeye. All he, all he dreamt of was getting recruited by the Ohio State University. And they tossed him to the curb. So now he's starting quarterback for the Penn State Nittany Lions. And I think he's got uh, really some extra motivation today against Ohio state. So uh, I'm going to play Penn state. Give me the four. I'm also going to play them on the money line to win straight up. Why not? Why the heck not at plus plus one sixty? That's how I'm rolling. We'll follow this game throughout the show. It's something that I enjoyed to do as well. So quick break. We come back. We'll take your calls. 800-919-3776. Brian, Phil, you guys will be first up. Steve Verderosa, uh, former Giant Scouts, going to join us at 1230. We've got a fun hour ahead of us. Anita Marks, of course, Harvey and Joe producing the show right here on 98.7 ESPN. How am I a Jet fanboy? Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. The trade deadline uh, comes up on October 31st. Keep in mind, Saquon Barkley's 26 years old and yet another injury, Right. Uh, what would be some of the teams that I would think would be interested in trading for Saquon Barkley? How about the Buffalo Bills? How about the Baltimore Ravens? How about the Cleveland Browns? How about Kansas City? 
just throwing some uh, some AFC teams out there that could potentially be in the market, feeling like if they add Saquon Barkley to their arsenal, uh, makes them a more legit contender. I wouldn't mind going to those teams, those organizations outside of Cleveland. That's a poop show. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Brian in West Palm Beach. Brian, welcome in. Hi, Anita. Uh, a giant fan. Um, can you do some research or ask your guy, you're going to have your call, the giant, the top five uh, offensive linemen coming out of the draft? You know, if the Giants go for, you know, the Giants uh, are one, two, and three, we go for an offensive lineman or we go for a Drake May from North Carolina. Yeah, I'll ask him about the offensive lineman. Uh, Brian, thanks for the phone call. Like I said earlier, I, I don't, outside of a handful of teams, right? So the Buffalo Bills, um, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chargers, um, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, Every other team, I'm I'm trying to get Drake May. So outside of maybe four teams in the NFL, I'm trying to get Drake May. That's how much I love this kid. Hopefully, uh, last week I told you, please tune in. Make sure you watch him against the University of Miami. Finally, they came out in the second half, gave him some protection. They went two, three, three tight ends. Um, and finally, he got some protection. He, he passed for almost 200 yards and four touchdowns. Meanwhile, what did Caleb Williams do against, uh, was it, who did, he, who did he play last week, Notre Dame, right? Yeah, three interceptions. Just saying. Let's go to Phil in the car. Phil, welcome in. Hi, Anita. How are you? I just got a question uh, on a college football game today on a Minnesota versus uh, Iowa. Why mm-hmm. is that line only three and a half? Don't you think the line should be like six and a half for Iowa minus yeah, I I have not so so I have not done a deep dive into that matchup. So um, I, I I really I I can't respond to that. Really, the big storyline there is the over under is only at thirty and a half, which is kind of crazy. So so what they're saying is that there there will not be more than thirty and a half points uh, scored in that game. That's a like I think that might be the lowest total that we've seen. On a on 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 a game on a slate in like maybe a decade or something like 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 it's that's an insane total thirty and a half and there's quite a few there's quite a quite a bit of money on the under so if if, if that's the case if we're talking about a game that's you know over under thirty I don't like I don't. I don't know. I'm staying away from this one. I'm not, this one just, uh, like all areas of it seem fishy to me. Um, And and I have not done a dive into that matchup. I will tell you, since we're talking college football, and again, we're going to have Joe Wiz on with us at two o'clock. I'm sure he's going to have some college football plays. Uh, Some other college plays that I like, obviously Tennessee and Alabama, a big game today. Uh, I am on Tennessee getting the points and I want to see, and where is that at right now? Um, so I'm looking and looking and I don't see it. If you guys know what the line is right now with Tennessee, Alabama, uh, I'm looking on my, on my slate and I don't see it coming up, but, uh, but I do like Tennessee getting the points. Oh, here we go. They're getting eight and a half. So eight, Tennessee is getting eight and a half. Uh, they're uh, six and two against the spread. Their last eight games. They beat Alabama last year, so I could understand this being somewhat of a revenge game for Alabama, but none of their quarterbacks really compare to Bryce Young. Also, uh, Nick Saban came out and said that uh, the first eight weeks have, quote-unquote, taken a toll, quote-unquote, on this team. Next week is their bye week. I I think they're pretty much spent, and, and really what I like here is I like Tennessee's defense. They're only allowing three yards per rush, and anyone will tell you, any chance to beat Alabama or keep it close, you've got to stop their rushing attack. That's what their bread and butter is. So uh, so I, I, I think that really bodes well for Tennessee. Also, their pass rush, third best nationally, and they have 24 sacks. And also, I think Tennessee has a more balanced offense. 
So, uh, so Tennessee, I'm, I'm going to take the points at eight and a half. I already gave you my Penn State score. Uh, well, not my score, but my side. I, I like Penn State getting the four and a half. Also, two other games that I like today in the college slate. You know, uh, whenever Navy takes on on uh, Air Force, uh, you always want to play the under. The over-under is at 34 and a half. So I'm going to play the under. It's the most significant trend in college football betting. The service academy unders. Both teams run the ball. Both defense face the option and practice every day. So they're prepared to stop it. That's another, that's a big reason why. I'm also going to take Navy getting 11 points. Air Force quarterback is injured right now. He's got a knee injury. So not sure he's going to be able to go. If he does, I think he's going to be hobbled. And he's uh, number two in rushing on the team, by the way. So, uh, and, and Navy definitely has a leg up in regard to, uh, their, uh, their special teams. Their punter is pretty amazing. In fact, I think their punter actually gets drafted this year in college football. So, uh, I do like Navy getting 11, but really the play there is the significant trend of the service Academy under at 34 and a half. And last but not least, again, I'm all in on Drake may. I love this young man. UNC minus 23 against UVA. Uh, UNC, uh, or I should say UVA, Tennessee beat them on a neutral site by 36 points. Maryland took them down by 28 points. And UNC's, uh, they're, they're three straight against the spread, wins at home uh, against better competition. So I, I think UNC could beat them even more so. Uh, than Tennessee and Maryland. UNC's offense is one of the best in the nation with Drake May. They're averaging 500 yards a game and averaging 37 points a game. Meanwhile, Virginia's defense has given up more points per game than any other ACC school, and um, and their defense is nothing to write home about. Meanwhile, UNC's defense, 16 sacks, 9 interceptions on the season, and they're only allowing 3.6 yards per carry. So all the stars align so properly for UNC. So I'm an, I know it's a big number. I don't typically like to lay that number. It's a big number, but I'm going to lay it. UNC minus 23 against uh, University of Virginia. Those are my college football plays heading into today. Like I said, we've got Joe Wiz who's going to be joining us a little bit later around 2 o'clock with his picks and his plays. Mama Mimi at 1, Cynthia Freeland at 1.30. We'll hear from Bob Wischusen as well in the 2 o'clock hour. But coming up next, Steve Verderosa, former Giants scout, will join us next. We'll talk about Daniel Jones. We'll talk about Saquon Barkley. Does he think that the team should trade Saquon Barkley? All the things. And also, we will continue with your calls. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you on the Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, without further ado, Steve Verderosa joins us now. Former Giant Scout has a phenomenal book out, which I uh, highly recommend you get. Christmas is right around the corner. It could be a nice purchase for you, um, your husband, your dad, your brother, um, or your wife. So, Steve, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm great. Uh, once you let the folks know all about your book that was just released not too long ago. Yeah, actually it was released, uh, draft week. So you want to become an NFL scout. It's the stories of the draft players and over 30 years of my travels on the road. Um, I can't tell you how many times I would be in an airplane or at a hotel lobby or something. And you're checking in and people see your gear 
and everybody thinks they can do this job. And obviously people watch on TV and they don't understand how a certain player is playing or how come another guy is not in the lineup. Everybody that's a fan thinks that they can do it. What I just tried to do in this book was uh, tell a story, uh, talk about coaches, talk about different players, but also talk about uh, systems, uh, draft systems and scouting systems, uh, the history of some of the drafts, why things go a certain way, and really the synergy of a football team, which is the coaching, scouting, front office, signing the right players. And in, a ta- in today's day in NFL, it's a lot tougher to do it now than it was when I first started in 1987. Yeah, there's no denying that. Um, you know, yeah. one, one thing that really amazes me is uh, the, the lack of synergy, right? Where a team will go out and hire a general manager uh, and then uh, next year will fire the head coach, bring in another head coach whose offensive system or scheme doesn't necessarily fit the ideal. Uh, ideals of the general manager, the uh, the roster that has been compiled doesn't fit the scheme, and it's just and it's discombobulated, and it just it blows me away how how many teams out there in the NFL uh, are not all on the same page. It's 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 pretty wild. So uh, your book is is yeah. really really interesting. Yeah, there's between when you think about the draft the salary cap and free agency, you have three things that really don't work together. And it's hard to keep a team. You have a really good player. He plays for you for four years. Let's say he exceeds his contract. um, And all of a sudden he's gone to another team. Um, While I was with the Giants, I mean, we we lost countless players after four years. Uh, We went from one defensive tackle to another, and they go to another team and, and make the all pro team. I mean, I watched uh, Cleveland beat San Francisco last Sunday, and the dominant player on a dominant defense was Lakin Tomlinson, who uh, uh, we drafted nose tackle from Alabama, uh, left us after four years, went to Minnesota, and now is with Cleveland and still wreaking havoc. Um, Linville Joseph before him, same thing. Went to Super Bowl with Linville, plays for us for four years, and then um, – goes on to Minnesota and then San Diego, and even last year surfaced at the end of the year with Philadelphia. So it's hard to keep your, the players that you would really like to keep at all the positions. It just, it's impossible. And as a result, your turnover on your team a lot of times can be over 50%. When I first started, maybe your team turned over 20 25% at the most. Now uh, it's not uncommon, as I said, to be your roster from year to year uh, 50% turnover or more. Again, Steve Verderosa joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. So highly recommend you go out and you get his book. Again, holidays right around the corner. So a real f- fantastic gift. And I like to get ahead of that curb. Uh, but since we have you on, Steve, let's talk first and foremost, what's going on with Daniel Jones, right? Like, uh, so the Giants ante up, they pay him. He's making $40 million a year. Uh, some, you and I spoke prior to the season starting, we were expecting bigger and better from him. And here we are, uh, really uh, 25 sacks, 51 quarterback hits. Now he's got a neck injury. I don't anticipate him playing tomorrow against Washington. Your thoughts on, on how the season has, uh, unfolded for Daniel Jones and all the reasons why. Well, I was there when we drafted Daniel, and I was a big part of getting him, and I'm a huge Daniel Jones fan. Obviously, it's hard to watch it sometimes and say, how can you be? But let's look at his career. He went from Duke to the Giants, and it was just constant turnover, whether it was an offensive coordinator and a new system or even a new head coach and entire system. And now uh, this is two times now that he has suffered a a neck injury that could be uh, pretty debilitating. Look, it doesn't matter uh, what kind of your skill set is, and he has got all the physical skills you can look for. He's smart. Uh, he's diligent in his work habits. Uh, why isn't he successful? Well, the team around him is really struggling, and you can say whether it's injuries or just a lack of synergy. Um, I look at that offensive line. You can't have a new unit every week and um, expect to have great success. So, um he has added weapons this year, but where have they been? You know, last year they, they even won a playoff game on the road. 
and there was high hopes. And he was playing pretty darn well. So it's not like it's not in him, but football is the ultimate team sport, and he can't do it by himself. Um, uh, Isaiah Hodgins came on last year. I've watched all the game, and I've watched the coaches tape that I'm privy to. I don't see him involved in the offense at all. They, they drafted a young man from Tennessee who was supposed to be the guy to take off the top of the defense. He hardly plays. Um, if it's third down and they have to try to convert, it's always Wandell Robinson, the little tiny peanut. And I know they like him. They had to. They drafted him in the second round. But uh, that's going to be a hard way to continue to move the chains or win from week to week with, with a young man like that. Yeah, he's small and he's quick, but uh, – they have other players that, that to me, uh, need to get more involved in the offense. But, again, I, I'm looking at from the outside in like everybody else, and they know what they're doing. They're, they're working diligently behind closed doors. So um, I think most Giant fans looked at the schedule this year and were hoping after week six they could be three and three. And when you look at the tough loss to Buffalo with snafus at the end of the first half, at the end of the game, they could have won that game. The Seattle game, to me, was the one that really stuck out because 11 sacks, and there were things in that game that I was just kind of curious and why changes weren't made. But, you know, there were games to be won there in the, in the first half of the season. They were highly competitive against the 49ers on a short week on Thursday night. So um, when you look at the first six games, obviously at one and five, um, unless there's a giant turnaround the next few weeks, um, it's going to be a long season for Big Blue. So, so you know, with with that being said, um, you know, there, there's some talk and speculation that that the Giants very well can move on from Daniel Jones after this season. Um, can can you see that happening? Um, I have no idea, really. Uh, it all depends on how they really feel about him after the season goes on and if he plays after this injury or he doesn't play after this injury, but uh, be careful what you wish for, because, um, uh, you know, history has, has a way of repeating itself. You know, there was a guy that was taken years back. The first player in the draft was Jim Plunkett and he bounced around from new England and San Francisco and he goes to the Raiders and he wins two Super Bowls for them. So um, Daniel has plenty of talent. Uh, but like I said, he, he can't do it by himself, and he can't do it when he's injured. Um, so uh, I, I, I'm just hoping that they're able to turn it around as a team and uh, he's able to have plenty of success as the quarterback leading the Giants. So I, let, let's leave it at that. I, I hear you. Listen, uh, folks who listen to me know that I'm, I'm a big Daniel Jones fan. I, I feel that a big reason why he's been struggling this season is uh, because of subpar offensive line. I, I don't know very many quarterbacks out there that, you know, can be sacked 25 times, have 51 quarterback hits, have very little time to none to get the ball out and be successful. But uh, I, I think that those are some unrealistic expectations for folks out there. But nonetheless, uh, another big storyline this week, Steve, is is the fact that we are we are inching closer to the trade deadline coming our way at the end of, of, of October and there's some talk and speculation that the Giants potentially could trade Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley came out uh, this week and said that he doesn't want to be traded. He loves this organization. He wants to obviously begin and end his career here. But, of course, we can go back to last year, uh, know that, you know, where the breakdown happened in regard to contract negotiations. Uh, they agreed, you know, he came in, he signed his tag. Uh, well, he, he agreed to, you know, the contract or whatever. He came in, but... Uh, chances are that this is not going to be a Giants team that's going to sign him to the deal that I, I think he's hoping to to land uh, next year, if not the following year. So, w- with that being said, you know what 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 do you think the Giants will do, and and you know what what conversations do you think are happening inside the organization right now pertaining to Saquon Barkley? Um, I really don't know because the people that are in charge there, uh, I have no relationship with and, and, and haven't been around them. So I, I wouldn't know what the thinking is, but let, let's talk about the other players in the locker room. So uh, last week you're playing up in Buffalo. It's a tough environment. Uh, you got a backup quarterback. Your running back is, is banged up and he decides to play. 
and he has 94 yards on 23 carries and guts it out. So, okay, now you trade that guy. What message are you sending to the other 52 guys on that football team that the rest of the season is what, cannon fodder? Um, I don't think you can do that. And, and, you know, you play to win the game, as a coach one time said. So are you throwing in the towel after six, seven, eight weeks? Um, I don't think you can do that. And right now, with the guys that are out and injured, he's by far your best player, and he's your best chance to win on Sunday. So try to maximize your chances with the guys that you have. Um, That would be my message to the football team. But, again, like I said, I don't know the people inside the the building anymore, and and, um, I don't know what they're thinking, but that would be my thinking. Let's go with the guys we have, and, and let's let's do the best we can with what we have. And we can't worry about next year. Next year is next year. Uh, things change from week to week, day to day, hour to hour. We can't worry about if we're going to sign him next April. Uh, let's worry about trying to win the game this Sunday. Again, Steve Rosa joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, another player that's really struggled big time, uh, for this Giants team is is offensive lineman Evan Neal, uh, just really, really having a horrific, horrific season. Do you feel that this Giants team needs to move him inside, and, and do you think he would be better serviced as a guard as opposed to a tackle, Steve? When I watched the tape last year, uh, actually two years ago, evaluating him coming out of college when we were doing our radio show, I liked him. I didn't love him. Uh, and And the thing that you saw... Uh, on the college level, I didn't I didn't see that elite quickness that you needed, whether you're on the left side or the right side. Um, he's a big, strong guy, and I think he's quick enough uh, footwork-wise to be inside. To me, I, I'd like him better inside than I would out on the edge. For whatever reason, whether he's banged up physically, um, I know he, last year he got hurt for a while, you'd still like to see his, his maturation as a player. Um, the hand punch, using the length, uh, the kick step to get depth and, and cut off the speed rusher, even from the right side, um, might be better as a guard. There's been a lot of guys that draft that have been drafted as tackles that struggled at tackle. Then you move them inside to guard, and um, they had a better career. Uh, Justin Pugh's a great example of that. Uh, there was a guy from the University of Iowa that the Raiders took as the second player in the draft, Robert Gallery. Um, there wasn't anybody that didn't think Gallery would be a great left tackle in the NFL yet struggled mightily. They moved him to guard, and until injuries caught up with him, he had four or five really solid years as a left guard for the Raiders. So, um, But, again, that's just my evaluation of a guy, and I watched him now. I just wish he would use his length a little more, more of an upper body stab with his hands and, and, and make it a little more difficult for those edge rushers to get past him because he's been a little bit of a turnstile and um, which I'm sure they're a little disappointed and wishing he was a little further along than he is, especially as a, such a high draft pick as he was. Um, talking to some of the guys that I still stay in contact with, there were some mixed reviews about him. Um, the three tackles that came out that year, there was Charles Cross from Mississippi State, uh, the, the young man from NC State, uh, who I also thought would be much better as a guard. He's playing left tackle for the, the Panthers right now. Um, and then Evan Neal, those three guys. Of the three of them, the cross kid was by far the best pass rusher. Um, the gentleman from NC State was, to me, the best run blocker. And Evan was a combination of, of the two. Um, and they were three guys all taken in the first round. So um, people pretty much saw them all the same way. But they had a little different skill sets, each one, that made one a little bit better than the other in one part of their game than the other if that makes Uh, any sense yeah absolutely uh so steve if the season ended today the chicago bears would have the number one and number two pick number one via the panthers who are zero and six uh then would have the number two because they're one and five denver at three arizona at four and the giants at five uh i know you and i are both really really big on drake may i love the kid if I was a general manager, maybe there'd be like four teams where uh, he would not be at the top of my radar, but the rest of the teams he would be, regardless of who my quarterback would be. 
your, your thoughts on this year's draft and, um, you know, if, if you're the Giants and Drake May is there, let's say sitting around three where it really wouldn't take a lot to move up to get him, or maybe he's sitting there at five, again, if, if the season was to end today, um, do you think that that's a quarterback that the Giants should go after? Why are you stirring the pot, young lady? Really? <laughs> uh, I'm going to okay. go see is, is that is that? Should I rephrase the question? So, uh, so who would who would be the number one quarterback you would take in this year's NFL draft? Well, obviously, uh, Caleb Williams at at Southern Cal. I'm sure a lot of people really like him, and I will study his tape after the season and when we talk in the spring. Um, but I'm just in love with Drake May's skill set. First of all, he's he's over six foot four. He measured six four and a half in the spring. He's two hundred and twenty two pounds, and you see him. You go down on the field. He's almost skinny and uh, has a young physique. He's a young he's a young kid. Uh, he's going to fill out and be two hundred and thirty plus pounds. But so his physical skill set is all there. He throws a great deep ball. Uh, the thing I marvel at every time I see him is the ball just comes out of his hand so smooth and natural. It, it's it's a thing of beauty. Um, they all have things that they can work on. I, I, I watch his footwork get sloppy sometimes. But the thing that really intrigues me about him and his future is here's a young man last year as a redshirt freshman who threw the ball with anticipation. He throws receivers open and most College quarterbacks do not do that. There's quarterbacks that start in the NFL, and I won't name their names or what team they're on, uh, that struggle to do that now. So that is something that, that is hard to teach, and either you have it or you don't, and he has it. And to me, I think his ability to be successful at the next level is limitless. Uh, he, he's a good runner. He gives you that dynamic. Um, so he's a guy that you're going to have to count for with all 11 men on defense. He's going to be tough. He's going to be tough to pass up for some team next year. So um, but let's not attach it to anybody in New York. Okay. I know you, I know you always want to push that narrative, but uh, um, he's, a, he's a really, really, really good prospect. Listen, I, I feel the quarterback position is the most important position of all professional sport. And when you have an opportunity to get a talent like that, where, you know, we're both in agreement here, there is no ceiling. Um, I, I say, regardless of, of who your quarterback is, you, you push that button. I, I just, I truly believe that. We'll see what happens. Uh, Steve, always great having you on, my friend. Uh, again, before we let you go, uh, let folks know where and how they can, they can purchase your book. Well, the book's been uh, available since April of this year. It is available on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. It's a hardcover or softcover or uh, an ebook if people prefer. And, um, I, of course, I'm a little biased, but I think it gives you an in-depth uh, understanding about what the scouting life is about, um, what it entails, uh, and what to look for. If you're the armchair quarterback or the, or the really serious football fan and you're watching on Sunday. I break down all the positions and the specifics for the positions and what you need to look for and what you would like for the player to have and ideally uh, what the really good players need to be successful at the NFL level. So um, it's a good read. Uh, I hope anybody enjoys it. Steve, great stuff as always, my friend. Enjoy your weekend. You do the same. And uh, go Tar Heels tonight. They're, uh, they're playing a, a Virginia team that is struggling. So when you see uh, Chris Canty, uh, tell him my uh, big wahoo. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I already going to take it on the team tonight. I already, I already told folks lay the twenty-three. That's UNC's favored by twenty-three points. I'm going to lay it. I think they crush well, them. We, I, I, I think they win by at least thirty. Well, I they, listen. Uh, Syracuse came in uh, top ranked, uh, third third best offense and defense in the ACC, and they got smoked forty to seven. So. Miami was up at halftime last week, and um, a team with a tremendous amount of speed. And UNC came out in the third quarter and just ran all over them. So, um, anybody watching that game tonight, watch uh, Cedric Gray on defense, number 33, highly instinctive linebacker, a tackling machine.
can't <laughs> still still scouting, Steve. Still scouting. Love you, man. Absolutely. Have a great weekend. Absolutely. You, yeah, you got it. Steve Bertarosa joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, by the way, you can still get on Drake May to win the Heisman at 18 to 1. Okay? He is so deserving, but this is what has to happen. UNC has to win the ACC. They still have to play Duke. They still have to play Clemson. And then they have to win the ACC championship more than likely against FSU. If they do that and they end up as one of the top four teams in the country, Drake May will be invited to uh, New York. And I think there's a real good shot that he wins the Heisman Trophy. Penix Jr. still has games against, uh, I want to say it's USC on November 4th and Oregon State on November 18th. So uh, chances are Washington, you know, those... those Washington is a much more difficult schedule remaining uh, than UNC. And again, you could get Drake May to win the Heisman at 18-1. to 1. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. By the way, ESPN New York is celebrating the return of Knicks basketball. Hey, now, with the Michael K. Show live from the Taylor Public House, just steps away from Madison Square Garden, 505 8th Avenue. Join the guys for um, hourly Knicks opening night ticket giveaways and special guest appearances by John Starks, Mike Greenberg. Start your game night early with a K show at the Taylor Public House this Wednesday starting at 3 o'clock. Brought to you by John Starks, Kia, and Loyal 9 Cocktails. How about that? So make sure you do that. Also... Um, Amani. So on Sundays, we have New York game day with myself, Amani Toomer and Mike Tannenbaum. Amani and I will be broadcasting live from FanDuel, the FanDuel Sportsbook out there. Well, not this, not this Sunday, the following Sunday. And Harvey, you're going to, Harvey, you're going to be out there with me, right? I'll be there on location, freezing my butt off. This will be the first time you and I meet. Which is, uh, it's a bit of a shame, honestly. It's, it's, it's only taking... What is it? Four, Over a year. Yeah, 14, 15 months. How long, how, long, how long have you been with ESPN? Since July of last year. Wow. The time and you is and I will You and I will meet for the first... Do you think you'll recognize me? No. no. I don't think so either. Maybe I'll text you. I'll let you know what I'm wearing. Um, no, make, leave it a mystery. Why not? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be picking up some Starbucks on my way, so you let me know if you want anything from Starbucks. You know what? Because um, it's going to be early. Because we have we have fantasy forecast that starts at seven o'clock. So I'm going to be out there at six thirty. It's pretty early. You think they're you think they're serving drinks at six thirty? You think they, you think we can get like a mimosa or a bloody mary that early? I'm sorry. How early are we? How early are you coming in? Well, you said six thirty in the morning, and you're asking for that. 
Yeah, those are those are morning cocktails. Bloody Bloody Mer- Bloody Marys and mimosas are morning cocktails. Now, full disclosure, I don't drink at all, so I wouldn't know what's appropriate for what time. No, oh. but I'd like to think that if you're asking for a mimosa or something bloody at that early in the morning, that's not, that you might need a little bit of help, just a little bit. No. We sure? Talking. What are you talking about? Again, those I, are those are more those are morning cocktails. If if when we're done with our pregame show and we head out to all the tailgates out there, I guarantee you they're all drinking Bloody Marys and and mimosas. Well, what makes it a, a morning cocktail? Like, that's I'm a sure- great question. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's that's the, that's a morning bougie brunch cocktail. Bloody Marys and mimosas. I don't know what I don't know like how that came to be the most extreme thing i would drink is cranberry juice that's basically it (laughs) okay well it's gonna be a real fun sunday with you um oh it's gonna be a whale of a time to say the least and we get to see imani tumor so imani and i will be there so, folks, again, Giants, Jets fans, uh, not this Sunday, obviously, because the Jets have a bye week. Uh, but the following, when the Jets and the Giants do take on one another, uh, we will be broadcasting live from the FanDuel Sportsbook. So we welcome you to come out, say hi, get an autograph from Amani Toomer, and um, and say hello to, uh, to Harvey. Just don't bring him a cocktail. That's all. 800-919-3776. Uh, we kick off hour number two. We kick it off with Mama Mimi, her picks and her plays. We'll find out what's going on with her this week. And uh, and also Cynthia Freeland will join us this hour as well. And we'll continue with your calls. Anita Marks with you. 800-919-3776. Just had the conversation with uh, Steve Bertarosa. I want to throw this out, marinating this. You know, are you uh, Giants fans? Are, are, you, are you done with the Daniel Jones experiment? Right now, as it stands, uh, they're drafting five overall. I don't have them beating Washington with Tyrod Taylor and no Michael Thomas and no Schmidt at center. I think Washington wins. So chances are they might even move up from five. I don't know. Maybe they move up to three. Who knows? You know, they're going to be, they're, they're going to, I, I would not be surprised if the Giants are in a really good spot to go after a quarterback. And there's some really good quarterbacks coming out of this year's draft. What say you? Are you ready? Are you ready to move on from, uh, from Daniel Jones? Even though the Giants are going to have to eat some cash based on the contract that they signed him. So it's, it's one of two things, right? It's drafting an offensive lineman so that you're helping Daniel Jones next year. Um, it's it's you're, you're drafting for next year. You're drafting for the team to do well next year. Or you're drafting for this team for the future and a potential Hall of Fame quarterback um, with, as Steve Verderosa put it, no ceiling, no ceiling to Drake May. None at all. 